Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. Great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Select Star Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited about today's topic. It's something that I've been reading about and learning about a lot over the past year, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have been as well. Um, So today we have Patrick Lober. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Patrick. Um, Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Awesome. So Patrick is a software engineer and YouTuber who is teaching the community Python and machine learning. You might know him from social media or from YouTube. I think he recently hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So congrats, Patrick. And um, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, um, I'm Patrick. I'm from Germany. So I was working as a software engineer the last couple of years. Um, I actually just two weeks ago switched jobs. So I'm oh, wow. now <laughs> a more a developer advocate. Um, okay. And yeah, I'm running my YouTube channel on the side with the name Python Engineer. Um, yeah, and as the name suggests, it's focused on Python and machine learning. And yeah, it's it's going pretty well so far. <laughs> it looks like it from what I can see. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're based in, are you based in Berlin? Is that what I'm I I'm in Berlin, there? yes. Okay. Very cool. I visited there once um, many years ago, but I, I thought it was such an awesome city. I really want to go back. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, very cool. And so you mentioned that you recently transitioned. You're a developer advocate now. So um, you know, what company, what were you doing when you were the software engineering side? What company are you with focusing on now? Yeah, good question. So maybe I, I tell a little bit about my, my background from university awesome. first, um, if that's all right. <laughs> um, because I actually, I studied, it was called medical engineering. And this was like a mixture between mechanical engineering electrical engineering and computer science and um, all with a focus on medical data so then i specialized on this medical field and on the computer vision uh, field so i did my my masters in in the medical image processing Um, and then i started working as a software engineer so like i think i got my degree in 2017 yeah and yeah, and then I worked for two different companies here in Germany, uh, all in the medical sector. And this was more in the in the image processing uh, field. So we did applications for radiologists. Um, and yeah, and now I switched uh, jobs, and um, I'm working now for it's called it's Assembly AI. Um, that's a startup in the NLP space, actually. So they do a speech-to-text API. And yeah, I just got involved with their um, technology and played around with this. And I even did a video about this on my own channel. And then I liked it so much and they approached me and that's why I ended up here. And now I'm actually moving away a little bit from from coding, from uh, software engineering. So I'm now focusing more on on content creation. So I'm also trying to create video content or even blog posts. And yeah, just engage with the community and make them excited about our product, but also about um, general machine learning and deep learning stuff. 
So yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's it seems like a, a natural transition for you since you were already creating so much content previously. So um, you know, even though you're moving a little bit away from coding, it's probably probably mm -hmm. feels right. And you are, you already know what you're doing in that space. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. It definitely <laughs> makes sense because I, I enjoy this content creation so much. Um, I really love love teaching and also creating videos. So it really made sense. And yeah, I got a great offer that I couldn't turn down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. It, it just goes to show that um, putting content out there can create opportunities because I'm sure when you first put that video out, you weren't expecting to get a job offer from it. So um, yeah. you know, it's always good to just create content, put it out in the universe and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do if you want to start in this field as a mate, be a software engineer or in a different kind of field, um, then yeah, best thing, best thing you can do is, is just to create content and show what you can do and share it with the internet. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. Very cool. Well, so it sounds like you're in, you're in a great space now um, and I'm sure you'll still keep up with your current YouTube channel and with some of the machine learning content and mm -hmm. stuff like that, that you're kind of an expert on. So, um, you know, I'd love to kind of jump into just why, you know, why you're excited about machine learning and, and mm -hmm. related to that, why is Python the framework of choice? I know, you know, you always see that hand in hand, but just going back to the basics of why is that? Why is Python, you know, the, usually um, the framework of choice when it comes to machine learning, like how do those two intersect? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, as I said, I, I specialized in this medical image processing and I had a lot of lectures about machine learning and deep learning at university. Okay. Um, but then I started working as a normal software engineer, so I, I never considered myself as a machine learning engineer. I'm, yeah, I'm more like a regular software engineer, but I still enjoyed this back at university. So I kind of missed the machine learning part in my day job. And yeah, the two languages I always had to use at work were C++ and Python. Okay. So these are the, the two programming languages I know best. And then in 2019, I, yeah, I, I started my YouTube channel and I, I chose, actually, I chose Python only because I thought Python is a little bit easier to teach than C++. Um, and I wasn't sure in the beginning, and I wasn't sure in the beginning if I if I could do this. So yeah, that's why I, I chose Python. And yeah, I also focused on this machine learning stuff because I missed this um, in my job, but I had the theoretical background from university. Um, yeah, so that's why I, I ended up with Python and machine learning. And I think, yeah, for machine learning, Python is just the, the best choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I, I like the transparency with originally leaning towards Python just because it was easier to learn and teach. Um, it's funny because mm -hmm. even our, our founding team at HarperDB, we get asked a lot why they built the product in Node.js because that's pretty unique for a database. And mm -hmm. um, a couple of times they've said, well, it was what our team knew and it was just the easiest. And 
They didn't want to have to learn something new. They felt the most comfortable with that language and it just seemed like the easiest route. So <laughs> there are yeah, some other, sense. there are some deeper technical explanations, but sometimes if it's just what you're most comfortable with, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very cool. And so, so, you know, when it comes to, down to machine learning, you know, is there, is there a difference or how do the worlds intersect of like AI, machine learning, deep learning, are you see these buzzwords thrown aloud, thrown around mm -hmm. a lot. So what would you say, like, is the difference between those? How do they intersect? If you work in one area, are you kind of working in all those areas? What are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, AI is like the, the big buzzword for everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you can use for AI for everything. And and machine learning is like a, a sub area of AI. So I think by definition, machine learning is when the, the computer tries to learn something on its own rather than, than you give um, explicit instructions. And so usually you do this by showing training data to the computer and then the computer tries to to learn with this data um so this is yeah what machine learning is and then deep learning is another sub area um, of machine learning um that involves um, neural networks uh, that's another buzzword maybe <laughs> definitely <laughs> um, it's flying around so yeah neural networks this these are actually inspired from from human brains which is really interesting um, where you connect these neurons and then, yeah, it, deep learning can, uh, can figure out more complex stuff. So, yeah, I think that's the three areas. Yeah. So it's kind of, so kind of what you're saying is AI is like the overarching bucket and then machine learning, you know, is the next step. Deep learning would be maybe a step after you're learning machine learning. I'm saying the word learning a lot. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but it sounds like it kind of goes in that order and that makes sense um, based on how you explained it. And so um, what, you know, when it comes to if someone's just starting out their journey or even if they've been in this world for a little while, what would you say are some of the main tips that you have for people that are trying to learn Python and trying to get into machine learning um, or mm -hmm. like some of the biggest mistakes you see, I, you know, I see people post a lot about like the top 10 mistakes in learning Python or <laughs> things like that. Like if you could go back to your, to your younger self, what would be the advice you'd want to give? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, definitely um, don't rush yourself. Um, it's a long process. Um, even for me, when I started, so I had the benefit of, of learning it at university. Um, but when I, I first started learning about programming, um, I, I, I was really bad at it actually. So it <laughs> took, I, I don't know, it took like one year and then it finally somehow made click in my head. Um, <laughs> so, and a lot of beginners make the mistake that they, they watch a tutorial and then they could confu get confused all the time and then they just lose interest and think they, they cannot do it. So yeah, definitely take it slow in the beginning, but it's on the other side, it's also important to practice regularly. So there are a lot of free courses available right now. Um, so it's, 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 
it's fine to go with a free course, even on YouTube. There are amazing free courses to learn Python and machine learning. Um, so you could definitely just pick one and, and go with this. But then there's also, yeah, it's important to just keep practicing and not just follow the tutorial, but also um, try to apply it for your own project, make your own projects with it. Um, yeah, especially when you want to go in the machine learning field, you just have to play around with, with data a lot and have to get a feel for how this, this affects your model and your algorithm. So you should definitely do a lot of hands-on projects as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's helpful. And um, you just reminded me of another question that I had that I've seen some people kind of debate about before is, you know, when it comes to machine learning, there are there are different algorithms and when it comes to data analysis and things like that. And I've seen, um, you know, a lot of people like to do the common debate of, do you have to have a, a tech, you know, a degree in coding to get a job in, in that space? And so I've seen kind of the similar conversation around this with, do you have to have like a mathematical background? Um, I know coding can intersect with math, a lot, but mm -hmm. do you think that you have to have like a pretty good understanding of of math and of those algorithms that you're using, or are there is there enough technology these days that you can kind of just plug it in and you don't really have to know um, the exact specifics of that? Yeah, that also dep depends on the actual position you have. I think the, for example, the title machine learning engineer can actually vary a lot between different companies. Mm -hmm. So. If you go more in, in a direction of a research scientist, then definitely you should um, have a good knowledge also about mathematics. mathematics. Um, but there are also positions where you just, where you're fine if you know how to use these frameworks, because there are a lot of amazing frameworks like PyTorch or TensorFlow. Um, and for some, roles it's fine to just plug it in um but it's still important to understand how your data works and and just know about general machine learning pipelines but yeah not necessarily the math stuff okay yeah that makes sense it definitely does depend what position you're in um i think i've heard that you know, first of all, as you said, one title can mean a thousand different things depending on what company mm -hmm. you're at. But I've also heard, I'm just relating it to even like in the world of accounting where some accountants have to know specifically and have all these um, algorithms and mathematics memorized and really understand it to the core. And other of my friends that are in accounting mm -hmm. say that they just plug it into a software and mm -hmm. they don't really need to know the nitty gritty. They just need the bigger picture understanding. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe if people are starting their journey, getting into machine learning, or if they're already partway through their journey, these are important things to think about um, when mm. looking at like job offers and, and what path you want to take. Um, yeah. I think I still, Oh, go sorry. Ahead. I was just going to still... say, I think in the tech world, it's, um, it's pretty, it's okay if you go one path and then you change your mind and you need to go a different direction. It's kind of, it's people are pretty understanding about making those jumps and changing in careers. So no one panic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I still like to, to, when I start, when I teach stuff on my channel, I still like to start with the basics. So it's always good to have a good foundation. Um, but also I, I don't say that it's necessary, necessary that you do a deep dive on the math stuff. So um, yeah. 
but you should still have a, a um, yeah, a, a small foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of your, your channel, how do you, um, now that you're in the developer advocacy space, I'm sure you're focusing a lot more on this, but how do you decide, you know, what content to create next when you're, when you're looking at what you've put out there and what people are talking about right now, how do you decide what to do your next project on or your next video? Um, I know so many people I speak to do content creation, at least as like a side project with what their main career is. And um, people struggle with like, well, what should I write about? Because there's so much out there. And how do you know what to focus <laughs> on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I have a never ending list of ideas that are still <laughs> on my to-do list. Well, that's a good problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, when I started with my channel, I mainly did... Um, did videos about topics that I wanted to learn. For example, I wanted to learn about PyTorch, so which I never used before. So I created this whole course, a beginner course about PyTorch, which is now I think one of the most popular videos on my whole on my channel. And so at the beginning, I did mainly videos that I was interested in, and then yeah, more and more people started watching, and now I'm always trying to find a good balance between stuff I still like um, to learn, but also um, I get a lot of suggestions from the community. So I, of course, um, try to make them happy. Um, and also sometimes I kind of try to, to please the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> um, I think every, every YouTuber does this sometimes so yeah <laughs> yeah when you try just try to do a catchy catchy title and a catchy hyped topic um so yeah i try to to find a good balance between all these things um but yeah there's still a lot you can do in the beginning i was a little bit afraid when i just picked python so i, I was afraid that i i narrowed myself down so much um, but after a while, I realized that even only in the Python field, and there's so much you can do, especially because I also have, have machine learning with Python. Yeah. So yeah, there are so much ide ideas that I still want to do. Yeah. I think it's probably really helpful to have a specialization. I mean, you can't, you can't be a jack of all trades and be an expert in every single language you can try. But if you mm -hmm. really focus on one, then, you know, people will probably respect you and your content more because they know that that's really your expertise. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and, especially and just, when, sorry, especially when the, when the channel is still smaller, I think it's better to have your niche. Right. And yeah, maybe when you get, get, get bigger, you can also think about branching out or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's important to get those um, you know, the first followers and and people reading and, and learning from you. It's probably important to focus on that niche and um then grow from there. Cause if you're jumping all over too much, you might kind of lose focus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And so just in case people listening aren't familiar, um, would you share just a little bit about, you know, what is PyTorch? How is it different from TensorFlow and, and kind of what you've learned about it since you've been working with it for quite a while now? Yeah, so PyTorch and TensorFlow are both the most popular deep learning frameworks. So they are mainly used for deep learning to train neural networks. And 
Um, yeah, they, they, PyTorch is, from, is developed by Facebook and TensorFlow by Google. So they are actually big competitors in this field. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there are a lot of questions, which one is better? And yeah, I, I, I think both are amazing right now. Both are equally fine to pick. Um, and yeah, but so it's okay to go with both. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that you're staying neutral on the argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a safe bet. <laughs> Definitely. Very cool. And um, so, yeah, so love to just dive a little bit more into when it comes to machine learning, like where do you see machine learning being used the most now in real world applications? Um, where do you see that going in a couple of years from now or 10 years from now? I know a lot of times there's big predictions that happen in the tech space. And a lot of times, even if there already is the technology for it, for example, flying cars, when they said, like 50 years ago that we would have them, you know, 20 years ago, it's, it's like, even if the technology does exist for it, a lot of times we maybe don't have the infrastructure or um, the legal documents in place that we need for it. So where do you see machine learning being used most now? And, and where do you see that potential um, years mm -hmm. from now? That's a good question. <laughs> so one big area and um, where also where I'm coming from is of course the medical area so um, there are a lot of applications in the medical field that um, that just make sense that that can help the doctors to make decisions so um, this is one part um, then of course with dri driving autonomic driving is also a very big um, area and yeah, but also I think it's it, nowadays it's 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 everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. I think there um, people probably hear if they're not familiar, maybe they hear the word machine learning and think like it's so futuristic and complicated. But mm. there are small versions of machine learning being used in day to day, um, day to day everywhere. So and also like the the most popular. Um, apps right now if you look at Instagram or TikTok or YouTube they all are based on on machine learning stuff because in the background they have this recommendation engine that that shows you the best videos so the, that the viewer keeps watching um, so this is also a very very big um, field also in in e-commerce of course um, if you look at Amazon or other e-commerce stores um yeah yeah that's true because all those algorithms that social media is based off of is a version of machine learning and i actually that reminds me of that um documentary that was popular not too long ago the social i think it was called social dilemma about kind of the other the negative side of it, this how sometimes it's dangerous the machine learning can be um dangerous in a way where if people are constantly looking at things on social media and news feeds and constantly being fed the same information and not seeing the other side of the argument um, that it can create kind of biased views. Do you, you know, do you have any thoughts mm -hmm. on that of like with any technology, there's pros and cons, but have you seen any kind of real world applications of where machine learning might have some, some negatives to it? Yeah, I agree. I even, I, I think I watched the, the same documentary on Netflix. Yeah, it was um, kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I also recently watched a, a video on, on YouTube about the TikTok algorithm. Um, 
because the TikTok algorithm especially pulls you in this bubble where you then just get the content that the algorithm thinks you you like and and it learns it super quickly so it's actually really scary so it, it looks at all the different metrics like how long you you stop for this video and then what kind of music there is so if it's for example if it's a a dramatic music or exciting and then it very quickly <laughs> learns your personality and and just um, shows you this stuff. For example, there were a lot of um, people that were kind of in a sad mood, and then they got all these sad, um, sad videos, and huh. the, and it pulls you really into this this bubble and and doesn't let you out. So yeah, that yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe all the social, I think all social media does, does that to an extent, um, but I don't have TikTok yet, so I haven't experienced that quite yet. It's like the one social media that I'm trying to hold off on just because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to have too many things to check and too many apps to distract me throughout the day. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think even with like Instagram and, and Twitter, it's like that too, where if you like certain things and it'll show you that person more often than others. And, yeah. Um, in some that's ways scary that's great how much... and really convenient, but in other ways it's, yeah, it's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. It's scary how much the algorithm learns about you and you don't even know what, what, what all these companies have, a, have a, 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 of, of information about you. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's definitely a big topic right now, but at the same time, yeah. no one wants to give up social media and I'm definitely guilty of that. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Very cool. And so, um, yeah, so what would you say are some of your favorite, I know you've already touched on a couple of them, um, like PyTorch, obviously Python, a couple mm -hmm. other things you've mentioned, but what would you say are some of your favorite technologies or tools um, or frameworks that you're working with right now? Or is there anything on your radar that you're really excited to learn about this year? I know a lot of people in the space are constantly learning. There's so many new things to, to jump on the mm -hmm. bandwagon of. So what are you really excited about right now? Yeah, so I definitely love PyTorch, but also TensorFlow. I have uh, beginner courses for both frameworks on my channel. Um, and also I like um, I like playing around with web development. So I like, I recently, I think my, my last video was, was about comparing the three most popular web frameworks in Python, um, Flask, Django, and FastAPI. And fast API is kind of new. It's only been around like three years, uh, and but it's really popular. It's a it's a very fast framework. It's one of the fastest available in Python, um, but it also makes development super easy. And I definitely want to to play around more with this. And then also um, I want to learn um, more about. Um, audio stuff so, uh, about NLP, natural language processing, um, also because of my new job now, <laughs> um, because we do the speech to text um, recognition. Um, so yeah, these are the, the fields I'm, I want to learn more this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, um, you know, when you bring that up, the field that you're in now, I was just thinking about that in relation to some of the content you create is is one of the applications that you currently do or that your company is looking at um, mm. doing like being able to turn a YouTube into text or being able to turn 
podcasts. And I know there are some technologies that can do things like that with podcasts and, and talks and things, but is that, mm. is that one of the areas you're looking at or, or working on where you can kind of turn like video and audio content into text so that there's another version of it? Exactly. Yeah. This applies basically to any kind of video or audio content. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's just so much easier to, to analyze it when you have the text. So you can't just analyze the, the raw video or audio. That's why you need to convert it to text. Yeah. And, but then there's so much applications that you can do with this. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm, so my background was more in the computer vision field. So I did a lot of image processing stuff, but not okay. audio processing stuff. So yeah, this is, is completely new to me. Maybe not completely because of some of these machine learning or deep learning concepts still apply the same way to audio data. But yeah, it's still different to, to work with audio. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And I'm sure as with any technology, I'm sure it's only going to get more advanced as time goes on um, when it comes to talk to text and some of those other areas you're working in. I was laughing just thinking about how my dad constantly uses the talk to text feature on the iPhone and his messages <laughs> always come in so confusing, <laughs> not making any sense because he just will talk and talk and talk and not check it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure some of those technologies are just going to get more and more advanced and more accurate. And it's cool that there's just so many things like that um, making making people's lives easier, easier and saving time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, I know we're coming up a little bit here on time, and I think this has been a really interesting conversation. I really appreciate you um, taking time to chat. I know you're super busy and you're recently transitioned into a new role. I know that always um, takes a lot of time, so really appreciate it. Just before we close, is there any, I know I can put um, the link to your to your YouTube in the show notes, is there any other areas where people can find you and your content or like if people want to reach out with questions, best way to get in touch, anything else to make sure we include? Yeah, of course, I'm always happy if you check out my uh, YouTube channel, but I'm also pretty active on Twitter. So uh, you can find me at Python underscore engineer there. So yeah, Twitter is, is also a very nice place to, to engage with the community. And there you can always ask me questions and shoot me a DM because there I'm more, more likely to see it and respond. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I'm sure there's a lot of messages to sift through. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes and thank you uh -huh. everyone that's listening. Let us know if you have any follow-up questions or anything? Um, this is clearly a really interesting topic that a lot of people are talking about right now. So really appreciate it and looking forward to keeping in touch. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Of course, have a great day. You too, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places. Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.